All right, hey guys, it's Saucy Rockets. I'm Mary. I'm Leah. And we are here with Robin Remick, who is president of the Maryland Black Bears, and Christine Perry, who is the director of game day operations for the Maryland Black Bears. So we are very, very excited to speak with them today. This, so, is, this is a Black Bears inaugural season, so we're excited to hear about what you've experienced this year and what surprised you about the first year. Yeah, so I guess real quick, Robin, if you want to start, just tell us super briefly about sort of your background and how you ended up president of an NAHL team. And how long is this running? Because I don't want, I'm going to give you the, you know, short version. Sure. Because really, it'll be a book one day probably. But uh, so I am born and raised in Maryland, in Baltimore County, left uh, to pursue a career in cable television and spent the next, I don't know, uh, 40 or so years just figuring out how to get good content to people. And then in Florida, we decided, which was my last stop with the Walt Disney Company, ESPN and, and, and Disney, that Florida was not the right place for folks like us. Uh, we wanted, for example, good medical care. Right. Um, and people go to Florida to die for a reason because you can't get good medical care. So we decided to move home. And for my husband and I, that was a choice between California or Maryland. And Marilyn went out, and uh, we've been here since December, and as we realized we wanted to make this change, I started looking for a job, frankly, where I didn't have to fly anymore. Um, 35 years of flying on business just kind of takes its, it's toll on you. It, it loses a little bit of the glamour when you're giving away your Super Bowl ticket because you just want to go home, which sounds, I know, people listening might say, boy, that's crazy, but it really isn't after a while. So... Uh, and looking at our options, uh, this opportunity came up, and I spoke with Murray and Ryan and the team out in Chevy Chase, who own the team, Black Bear Sports Group, and started, Christine and I both started into the season. So we, this kind of coming year will be the first time that we'll be able to really look at how we bring people in from preseason. Uh, but I think the, the package and the gift we've been given from a fan perspective and from a billet perspective, it's more than lucky. It's a blessing. Great. So it's been uh, it's been tremendous. Hockey is not one of the sports that I worked on at ESPN, so I rely on Christine a lot for the <laughs> hockey expertise. Uh, but I also leave it to the coaches to do what's on the ice. And everything that I spend a lot of time concentrating is how do you delight the fans? Because we are in the suburbs. Right. We are not in a major city, although I suppose someone might think Odenton, Maryland is. It's major in some way, yes. There's more than one stoplight and a traffic circle. But we really uh, focus on making uh, and talking to our fans in a hyper-local way to make this the home team of Central Maryland and specifically the Odenton area. Uh, so I'm a professional hockey mom. My son started playing at four. Wow. And I've been through the minors, the juniors, Division One, Division Three. Now he's playing professionally, so I know hockey and I have experience at the junior hockey level. Um, I completed my master's in sport management at GW University. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, about a year ago. Um, have worked off and on in different sports, uh, particularly a motorsport. Uh, and then I did some several years in casino marketing, which is the entertainment business. Um, so this opportunity here kind of gave me the opportunity to combine both my entertainment background and my hockey background into one package because part of my job is the entertainment when the guys aren't on the ice. Right. So, um, what prompted you to go to go back to school to get your master's in sports management? 
Uh, honestly, I was working for um, a, a motorsport at the time, and they're having issues. They were having issues. Um, I had ideas on what they needed to do to fix, but nobody was listening. So I was like, okay, I'll go get my master's, and then I'll be super smart, and <laughs> they'll have to listen, right? Um, so that, uh, and my husband had been encouraged me to get a master's degree for a long time. I just didn't know in what I wanted to do, and then... I kind of stumbled across the program at George Washington and went, oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's so. a lot of time and money. You don't want to invest in something when you're not really sure what you're getting in it. Yeah. Like you want to pick the right thing. No, it was it was a great experience. Uh, I recommend it to anybody, no matter what your age. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. The kids were great. Um, my professors were awesome. And the kids. <laughs> I know. Well, okay, you know, most of the students were younger than my son at the time, so you know, babies. it was yeah. yeah. Um, but it was right. it was definitely a good experience. Um, it was it was good education. I'm glad I did it. I've learned a lot. So. And we would really like to know what a day in the life is like. So what is your typical day, Robin, as president of the organization? Well, game day is different than kind of the Monday through Thursday. So a lot of what we work on and I'm focused on is how do we make our presence known. We did an event up in Fort Meade, which is maybe three miles from here Mm -hmm. and people said where are you located and you know I'm like do you know where the food line is just keep going (laughs) right so uh, the 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 rink itself the arena had been the practice facility for the cap some time ago years ago right and but there's been so much transition in this area so much growth as in many places and really driven by the base uh, that people come in and just don't even know that we're here. Well, it's interesting because I've lived in this area for about a decade now, just right down the road. Mm-hmm. It's a straight shot from my house to the rink here, and I didn't know the rink existed until about a year and a half ago um, just because I happened to Google a place to buy skates, and I found it here. So it, you're, you're right in that it's really sort of somehow easy to miss or easy to not know about. Or people don't come quite this far mm-hmm. down because right past us the road tends to flood a lot. So yeah. people tend to <laughs> not right. think is this a good non-flood day for right. Piney Orchard Parkway. So the awareness piece of it has been uh, a driver for us because we've seen, I think uh, one of our fans told me the other night that we're number three in attendance but the two ahead of us have much larger capacity seating. Right. So, wow. uh that's a point of pride, I think, for the whole team, that we have hit something that creates evangelists who come once and then come back and bring a friend. Right. You know, the old shampoo, and then you tell someone, and they tell someone, and so on and so on. That is our best way to bring fans, sports fans, right. hockey fans, you know, whomever they are, all of our uh, targeted Google ads are really just done in a very small footprint. Uh, because we are not going to draw fans from D.C. Right. Unless they're coming because they know Colin and uh, he is in charge of all of our media. So, um, Colin wasn't and, introduced. We're sorry, Colin. No, so <laughs> Colin McCarthy is here as well. He's the he media is, relations he is manager. So highly he's, saucy. So you, you <laughs> incredibly saucy. He can be our honorary saucy. guest host. <laughs> uh, so, you know, part of it is just knowing who you need to talk to. Right. Because if you go too wide, There's a lot of waste, and it just never is going to pay. The other thing that I think we've gotten good at is the fundraising piece. So on the non-game days, we're looking for different groups that we can help in this community. So uh, I'll give an example. Our our goalie, uh, David Tomeo, came to us with a broken stick. 
and he had all of the all of his teammates sign it and he said I'd like to do a fundraiser for St. Jude's. Now St. Jude's is an awesome organization that is not located in the greater right. Odenton metro area. And so uh, Colin came with an idea that we could partner with Washington Children's Hospital. I have personal experience. My daughter was very ill 22 years ago and they saved her life. So to me, it, there's some resonance, right. deep resonance. And so uh, we were able to make it matter for the community. So all of the fundraising that we look to do all benefits community and area groups. And we do that through Chuckapuck, which I'm going to mm-hmm. guess your audience is familiar with. Um, I usually have to explain that a lot to people, but Chuckapuck, uh, through rebates on their ticket sales that they do through links that uh, we create for them, and uh, just making uh, the fans aware of what's happening here. So it really is talking to those groups. I was downstairs, we joined the Central Maryland Chamber. Again, we have a lot of people who are not aware of us, so getting it out to those businesses because we're also sponsor-driven. And... Historically, when I first came on board, I was told, well, we could sell banners and dasher boards. And I said, why would we just do that? There's no integration with the fan on that. Right. Right. So we, we build programs. The Chuckapuck sponsor, who's Frisco's, located in Gambrels and Columbia. Go to Frisco's. You know, we, <laughs> we were at Frisco's on Saturday night. Actually. There you go. <laughs> there for dinner. It's funny because they're trying to be more family friendly, but it's hard, I think, with a, a hundred different drafts <laughs> against the right. wall. Um, but we serve beer and wine here. We just don't make that part of our focal point. Right. Right. So we, we want to be uh, integrative, uh, which if it isn't a word, it should be. So let's make <laughs> it one with our, our fan base. And we want the sponsors to have a measurable result from what they're doing. Uh, so all of that kind of goes into what the day is. We also work a lot with the rink personnel here who have been terrific because we're a small but hearty group. Uh, they have really stepped up to become part of the team, not work with the team, but really become part of the fabric of what the team is. Everything from selling, uh, ring staff sells all of our merchandise at the team store here on, uh, in Piney and, um, you know, steps in as part of the ice crew. So they've really been part of what has made us more real here. And they also are evangelists out in the community because they've been here a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's a... A full week. Uh, there's a very strong youth program here, Metro yep. um, Youth Hockey, which is about 300 families participate in that. So I have about an hour-long commute home every night to Reisterstown, Maryland. That's uh, where my family lives. Oh, great. Where are they? We'll have to, like, get together. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Great. <laughs> um, I'm a little more free in three weeks, but, uh, but I would love to see them. So it's in a lovely community. Uh, but I wind up staying here until 7 or 8 o'clock because the Metro families have also become part of who our fan base are. Oh, that's so great. So they see it as our players, our role models. Mm-hmm. For their kids growing up, our players spend time with them at practice. So, again, that's all part of how do we weave ourselves in. But all of that needs to be planned and scheduled, and that's right. what the rest of the week is for. So I was going to ask about that. So I um, just finished coaching a U-12 team, actually, yesterday. It was that's our right. last game. And mm-hmm. so um, the kids loved Every single time a couple of the Black Bears came out to help with practices, a favorite part of practice. I mean, after every time, they say, can they come out every time? Can they be our coaches? <laughs> yeah, you're top uh, liver. I was top liver. They, they wanted to replace me. Um, so 
absolutely loved the team did, the team does that. And I was curious whether the players just sort of did that on their own or whether, you know, management kind of got involved and said, you know, hey, you too, guess what you're doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that was started by our owner, Marie Gunty, okay. uh, before Robin and I came on board. So he had taken the time to figure out when all the teams are practicing <laughs> in the area and scheduled this ahead of time. Um, so it was the schedule was in place before. Okay, the I mean it's started. it's been a massive hit. Yeah, although we yeah. have supplemented. I mean, we yeah. have yeah we've <laughs> added you know we've added you know things here and there. Right. Um, but for the most part, uh, that was just you know making sure that the guys you know got out there. Right. And so yeah, it was a um, definitely a huge hit. Yeah, I know my son had the same kind of experience. We had junior players come out. Yeah. And it's like, Really I mean, cool. they they were such good sports. They're patient, you know. They were taking shots on my my little yeah. goalie and kind of giving mm. him a chance. And they're brave too, so they'd be out there scrimmaging with the kids who sure. are all in full gear, and they'd just be in you know skates and sure. a helmet. And I don't scrimmage with the kids if I'm not in full gear because I don't want to die. Right. Um, but they <laughs> they were out there, and well, they, they were probably trying to hurt you on purpose. <laughs> they they did, yeah. They're they're punks, but um, you know. So it was just it was I just absolutely yeah. loved every time they were out there because they they were so into it, and it was very clear that they weren't just kind of. You couldn't tell that they were there because someone told them to be, and they right, weren't doing right. anything begrudgingly. Right. So it was really great. Most of these guys on this team, they, they really enjoy that the interaction with the kids. Um, every time they come off the ice during the game, there's probably 20 kids mm-hmm. you know, just smothering them as they try to get off the ice to get high fives, and every single one of them takes the time and you know, high fives them all. So they're all really good about interacting with the young fans. Um, and again, probably because they recognize themselves that if they were that age and they run a hockey game like this, they'd want the same thing. Um, so yeah, they're very good at that. Very good at that. So. And okay. your your position as director of game operations, mm-hmm. what what exactly does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still trying to figure it out. No, um, I'm kidding. Um, so basically, anything that has to happen for the game to actually take place, um, and that can be anywhere from making sure the opposing team has their hotels booked and the referees to on-ice officials to someone to sing the national anthem. Um, so off-ice officials, uh, the majority of them are volunteers, so coordinating that and make sure I've got a gold judge for every game. Um, and again, with the youth hockey fundraising, part of what those teams get to do is create the player tunnel for the Black Bears when they skate on for their um, intros. Um, so coordinating that with the team parents and their fundraising element, and then they do an activity on ice for the intermission as well. So um, coming up with, you know, based on how many kids they have, what activity we have for them to do, um, and trying to make it fun for them. So it's more of a, um, it's not just the fundraising part of it. We like to, I call it, we put the fun in fundraising because the kids really have a good time and they love it. So just, yeah, making sure that everything's in place, ready to go, because um, come Friday and Saturday. <laughs> it's a madhouse. It's a madhouse, but, you know, I've had, I've had official, you know, volunteers that, you know, cancel on game day, and it's like, okay, all right, <laughs> deep breath, we'll figure it out. We got somebody. There's, uh, there's always somebody willing to help. I mean, so do you really good. need people to man the penalty box or run the clock? <laughs> uh, it's that necessary yeah. to the, the game. Tickets. Right, I mean, <laughs> the tickets, you, you know, need people nah, really, you know. Yeah. I, there, there was a time I had a penalty box guy that was late, so guess where I was? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because I get a call from the from the PA said so we don't have a penalty, we don't have anybody in the home penalty box. Wow. Okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, but you know the guy just got stuck in traffic. So, right. Yeah. It's um, and everybody, like I said, I've been very blessed, as Robin has used that term. 
with our community and our hockey parents that uh, they want to help. They really do. Um, so it's been, it hasn't been difficult. Did you heckle anyone in the penalty box? Who, me? Yes. He <laughs> <laughs> was starting Never talking to lead the <laughs> no, not while I was working it. No, never. Okay. Never okay. while I'm working the penalty box. No, we should, uh, actually used to have a joke that was the, uh, when my son was little, he would, um, he was checking in the age group below, but when they couldn't check and his coaches weren't exactly discouraging it. Um, and his dad at the time, or his dad was, that was his job. He volunteered. So the joke was that's how he spent quality time with his son was <laughs> when he was manning the, in the box. box. Because that's where my kid was most of the time. (laughs) So while we're on the penalty box, we're going to get a a little bit ridiculous question here. We've noticed the past couple times we've come to games that Bruno is getting really saucy (laughs) when players from the other team end up in the box. So he likes to pick up a trash can and threaten to throw the players into the garbage. And um, we're listeners of our podcast will know we're big fans of Gritty, who is, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. Flyers mascot and who yeah. is completely insane. Um, is Bruno taking tips from Gritty? Yes, they actually have a they have a conference call. Okay, Gritty. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gritty and Bruno compare notes and uh, take ideas. It's the, and the crazy the crazy mascot mentorship program. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think there's a secret uh, uh, organization called Mascots and <laughs> They, they all compare notes and, yeah, see who can get in the most trouble. Yeah, I, I would, just a quick Bruno story. Mm-hmm. So a couple of weeks ago we were raising money for our Seats for Soldiers and we donated seats right. and, and all you could eat to, uh, I think it came out to 72 folks. That's amazing. Week, which That's was great. awesome. I mean, again, this is the love you get from the fans right. who get it, right? So in order to do that, we created... Buttons. It was for President's Day weekend, so each player had a pin that people could buy. Oh, I was here that night. Actually. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. And thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, thought really long and hard about fun little sayings. And if they're from overseas, they were for PM, not for President, because again, they're not eligible. So right. why would we put them up for President? <laughs> so I'm going to say it was probably about 20 minutes in. Open the doors at seven, maybe 7:20. People came up and said, "Where is Bruno's button?" We won't, because we were doing a poll separate from, you didn't have to, no purchase necessary, uh, but who should be president of Piney? It was the run for the presidency. And people started asking for Bruno buttons. <laughs> and honestly, as uh, the young man who plays Bruno had even said, Do, does Bruno not get a button? And I, I was like, <laughs> Bruno was not left out. You know, it's kind of like when you have your fantasy person that you could cheat on and your <laughs> husband would be okay because it's never going to happen, and I'm using a very good, appropriate way to say that. It's not like any of these guys probably are going to become president or PM. Right. But still, you're thinking they have to be a person that would be a <laughs> They have to be human. <laughs> they would. But soon after, we started getting the requests. And again, we were trying to raise the money mm-hmm. to get more seats. We came right up to the pin maker that we happened to have up here <laughs> and just started making oh, no. Bruno <laughs> buttons. Absolutely. And, uh, I didn't know there was, was such magic. <laughs> you know, yeah. maker in your Pins on demand. The magic Yes. So all of a sudden, we were selling out of Bruno's, or people who would have bought other ones were coming back because they saw, and it's an inch mm-hmm. pin. It's not yeah. a big pin, so, but people were seeing it, and, and so he came in second, I think. <laughs> wow. And, and that's because he can't speak. 
and Sean Young, the player who was scratched Sean that Henry. game. Sean Henry. Oh, Sean Henry, thank you. Sean Young, who was in um, Dune, which I think I was watching a week ago, uh, which is a great movie, even though it looks like a bad movie. Just stay with it. Uh, so uh, Sean Henry could speak. He was scratched, and he was out campaigning like oh. nobody's business. Unfair advantage. Yes, yes. Bruno, speechless, still Poor came Bruno. in. A very yeah. strong second. So I think to that point that he's getting... You know that he feels the freedom <laughs> to be active and, and to be himself, correct, yes. to be his best Bruno. As we would say. And I think he's terrific and uh, has been mascotting for a while. And really, uh, we're helping him in kind of the next thing that he's looking to go for. Because nice. you should never hold people back. Right, of course. From I would never say to a player, stay with us one more year because I think if you were here and not going to college now, right, that would be better. I do spend a lot of time explaining junior hockey because people don't get it, or that we're not the University of Maryland team. Right. Bear, Terrapin, not even close. I mean, they, they both people. have four legs, I guess. They're, they're animals. Right. Animals. Or that I don't work for the Park Service. So other than that, <laughs> um, once we get into the better conversation, but that goes back to the awareness piece. But I think Bruno, you send Bruno out to different events as well. He yep. skated with PTV fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, he is an in-demand guy, and he also gives us the consistency that that spirit mm-hmm. um, and you want to have somebody who's in there who really, I feel badly for him after he throws out the gummy bears because um, I've, like, he's trying to shake people off. I mean, I worked for Disney oh, for a long time. He's and they incredibly have, popular. They have character managers that are right. with them as, you know, security for correct. them. Correct. But, um, well, I volunteer Mary to be, <laughs> to be Bruno's Bruno's security. I can be a goon. I can be a goon. I can do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you the sweatshirt. The nice. There we go. I'll, I'll protect Bruno. Yeah, we'll we'll yes, protect we'd him. love to have. Just call. All right. Like, anytime. Yes. We're always <laughs> looking for Bruno volunteers. Got votes. He bribed with gummy bears. Probably yeah. did. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Or that giant gummy bear the that has six thousand calories in it. Oh, oh my goodness. I've seen. I don't know how people would even begin to eat the thing. It just. Have some ten-year-old somewhere. See, that's that's how I know I'm old. I look at that and I think of cavities and diabetes right. and not about how delicious it would be. But I, I just can't even imagine trying to eat a five-pound gummy bear. It just oh. Not in one sitting. I hope not. Uh, but I, I Folks, say, please do not eat a five-pound gummy <laughs> bear in one sitting. In one please sitting. don't. Give it a day. Rest <laughs> yes. a little Spread bit. it out over a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Your <laughs> I will say, too, that fans are very eager to give feedback, and that's why we spend so much time on the floor being available. Um, so one of them the other night said, so besides giving out Goldfish, throwing a goldfish. Sometimes I'm not in a savory mood. <laughs> Teddy Grahams, and I was like, put it on the list. Yes. Uh, so we we do listen. Um, some things are beyond our ability to do at this time, um, and some things are space constrained mm-hmm. because of how much room we can't put a kid zone right anywhere but your imagination uh, because we are hindered by just space. Right. And um, while it would be fun to do and a great idea, and some other teams are able to do it, we just not at this time. But it's such a low-stress environment, so I think a lot of people feel comfortable bringing their kids and kind of letting them oh, yeah. have fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I would. There's a lot of, uh, they had so much fun a couple weeks ago, they split their head open. That's oh, no. Much fun oh, no. Having. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. Kids oh, no. fine, he but he fine. stayed for the rest of the game. Stayed, of he course, did not he did. Also, yeah. so maybe we extend the the helmets on the ice rule to encompass the entire rink. So if you're in the rink, you're yeah. gonna wear your helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Solve well, that I'm problem. I'm using that story now as a scare tactic. I had a, a three or four kids Saturday night that were getting a little out of hand, so I pulled them all together. I said, "Hey, you know, guys, guess what? 
So we had a kid, you know, that, Oof. you know, split his head open, you know, by playing. and Tripped go, over a bag. Yeah, and he said, oh, did his brains fall out? I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, his brains yes, fell yes, out. Yes, so they did. Sure did. did. <laughs> had to put him in the fridge. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, I don't want to discourage him from having fun, but it, it got a right. little... Yeah. Well, when, when there's such a big crowd, and you guys do get amazing yes. turnouts, I think every game I've been to, you've been completely swamped, which is yeah. amazing. And, and yeah, people park on the, on the oh, street. Oh, parking is yeah. a, it's insane, and I, I, I'm a lot more moron, <laughs> so I always forget to leave enough time to get here, because, you know, when I come to skate myself, there's always tons and tons of parking, so I'm like, oh, it's going to sure. be fun, whatever. Sure. And then I get here, and there's nothing. <laughs> but if you did get here on time, it is free. That is very true. That's true. That's you know, true. We, so fortunately, we do like people who walk, you know, that I could be drive something. a very, very small car, and there's a shipping container in the back that blocks off yep. a lot of spaces. Oh, I can tell everyone behind the shipping container. So it's like, going to be gone. It's when like you my private parking yep. lot. Yep. So it's it's worked out okay so far. I know the spot you're talking yep. about. I've used it. <laughs> See, it's great. Yeah. Since um since this is your first foray into hockey, Robin, what has surprised you most about hockey? I, I have been amazed at the passion people put around kids they don't know. So in, in high school, when we used to cover a lot of high school football, especially in Texas, I mean, you'd get a lot of community people, but that's just because the program was that big, right? Or they were ranked a certain way, or they were looking for the kid that was going to go, you know, spend three years at Alabama or Texas Tech and then move on, and you could say you saw him now. We don't have that promise so much with our players. And yet people have, our merchandise sales are incredible. The number Good. of jerseys that people have bought, not only for the adults but also for kids, uh, has that's been surprising, just the amount of emotion that comes. And, and again, and I've told people here, the first year you get that because it's new. The second year you have to figure out how to not let that fall off. This is not um, a, a team, are we mathematically eliminated yet? Okay. Is, it, is it happened yep. now? I was, I was holding out that. It's the first year. That's okay. It's the first year. Well, that's what I happens. tell people. But, but we can't just rely on that. Right. Nor do you want to have that Cubs mentality of, you know, <laughs> they're just zany, crazy, whatever. <laughs> but but there's I've been very pleasantly surprised by the equity that people put in with their time um, and, and bringing other – I get a lot of people say, I've told everybody at work, all right, where do you work? You know, I'm, how do we get in with them? Uh, so just the um, fandom that exists has been delightful. Um, just a really strong sense of ownership that the fans take with the players. Uh, and they certain, most of the fans know a lot more about hockey than I do, so they know not to start getting into me about this player did this or how was this a miss. <laughs> but they'll, uh, they'll talk a lot about um, how much the players have meant being here and how much having a team here has meant. No, that's so great. And so I think that that's been a, a really pleasant surprise and something that gives you something to build off of. Right. Right. So um, the game itself, I've, I've been to NHL games. Uh, I used to do some things with the, uh, the Rangers uh, at MSG, and, and that was great. But the thing that we don't have here that we used to struggle with a little bit at, at ESPN was Swiss versus seats. So you get all this corporate money to pay big bucks, and right. therefore your tickets cost a lot because everything is driven up by uh, kind of how do you get fans there. A lot of teams struggle with that on a team that's not competitive, right? right. Basketball, has that, NBA has a problem too. 
uh, we have the same fans that come, non-season ticket holder fans that still come to every game regardless of whom we're playing. And so that just, again, talks about the, the, the quality of an experience right. that we give them because we score very highly on that um, in our self-run surveys. Anyone can come and survey our folks themselves because you love to get third party as well. But time after time, uh, we talk about it's, it's not just about winning. It's about these young men who have aspirations and that uh, teams that don't have fans cheering for them. Um, and we had that with bowl games at ESPN. You'd have, like, the Boise-Idaho Bowl or the Potato Bowl, um, which was a great game every single year <laughs> for ESPN. It was fabulous. But they cared about the ratings and what was on the air. We don't have that. Right. Right. So it really is a close and experience, an inexpensive way for you to bring your family right. to be able to do something. Right. And military discounts inclusive of that. So we really are an affordable option but something you can get behind regardless of, of, right. of what our win-loss record is. Well, I think the affordability is a really big thing because hockey, to play hockey is incredibly expensive. Right. Christina's told me that. It is Ugh. not a cheap sport. <laughs> and, and we know that a lot of the families in our program have, you know, lots of times all of their children play at various levels. So you're talking, you know, several thousand dollars per kid per season just to be on a team. And then you add in travel costs for tournaments, hotel rooms, the gear itself is not cheap. And when you've got kids who are constantly outgrowing it, you know, it, you're constantly buying more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for these families, you know, they're all hockey fans, obviously, but it's not easy for them to get to a Caps game because, you know, they work, the tickets are very expensive, you've got to travel. So to have something close and affordable and as fun as this is has right. been so amazing. And I, I, don't, I can't say enough about how much the, the families in Metro – in the area have talked about how much they love having the black bears here. Well, I, I saw similar um, experiences. My son played his junior hockey in British Columbia in Alberta. Okay. So you go to these little tiny Canadian towns where this is all they have mm-hmm. is a junior hockey team, and they just embrace yep. these kids. And they are their little rock stars and the whole bit. And so it's real similar here for, for our kids because we do get good crowds. Um, I remember one player, I think it was you that mentioned, he had said that, you know, you're one night out through our entire season of fans because they just they don't see that at all right. the teams at this level. So to create that atmosphere and that experience just adds to the players as well as their playing experience of getting to right. play in front of fans that are passionate. And, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. It really has. So before you took this on, um, since this is your first um, foray into hockey and um, you've never been president of a team before, what did you do to prepare yourself for this? I shut my mouth and opened my ears. Uh, There is nothing uh, that you get through osmosis of any one sport that you can relate to another. So um, even at ESPN, we started ESPN Deportes. My Spanish is very minimal. And so I left that again to the people who spoke Spanish, either it was their native tongue or they did it well. And I focused on what could I learn about the audience that was going to be tuning in or buying a package at a higher level of tier for Spanish language only programming, which uh, I hated that idea, but they had it that way. And it was learning about who the difference between a Puerto Rican fan who is more interested in baseball than soccer so we wouldn't really do or football wouldn't do a soccer campaign in Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic 
it made no sense, even though there was a push to do that, you almost had to prove why you didn't do it. But I only learned that from listening to people who knew that a lot more than I did. Um, and I am the most annoying question asker <laughs> that many people know, but you can't figure it out. Uh, we were talking about something the other day. I was talking to Nelson Burton, who runs the Metro program, and I said, when you don't give full information out to people, they will fill in the blanks on their own. Then you lose control of the message. And uh, for everything we want people to hear, and this is part of what I talked to Marie Gunty about when I was interviewing for the job, people who don't really understand marketing, will give a, they'll keep saying, send out a different message, send, but you don't have any resonance with it after a while. You have to keep pushing right. out. This is why, for whatever you feel about Trump, why he's successful is a very short message that people could listen to, and by three times they understood what he was pitching. He's a good salesman in right. that extent. He's a good marketer in that extent. Um, so we want to kind of be the same way. So it really was listening to who knew this better and then applying what I knew about fans. The being present at every game, the standing down at the entrance, at the beginning and the end of every game to say thank you, that is Disney, right? I mean, anybody who's ever gone through what they call traditions, which is the initial brainwashing at Disney, <laughs> uh, to really get you you know, immersed in the culture and here's what we stand for. You can never take for granted that people have come and spent money to see something. Win or lose, you have to say welcome and you have to say thank you for coming, please come back. Right. And that is part of what, again, listen and learn for, even if people are kind of halfway out the door, they always turn around and say, hey, thank you. The, the downside of that is when people just start screaming Robin and I don't know where it's coming from, and they need one more stool up in the sky deck, you know, so then it's the running part. But I, w I would say that um, we, we got in touch with other teams, so I wanted to hear um, what they were doing with Chuckapuck. We realized that people were stuffing them into their pockets, which limits the number of pucks you can right. buy. And so we called all of these other NHL teams who were amused by the fact that said, hi, I'm calling to talk to you about Chuckapuck. And they're like, oh, well, I don't do that. That's done by some junior person right. or whatever. And I was like, okay. Um, so I would talk to the junior person. You can learn from people at all levels. And uh, what we realized was nobody was doing anything any differently because it just was what it was. And so we talked about, could we find a cheap bag? So we bought all these shrimp boil bags that were <laughs> like four cents each. And we can get 25 pucks in them. But we'd never sold 25 pucks at a time because nobody could hold them. But now we had a way to really make them um, fit into something. And so our chuck-a-puck sales went up, I think, by four times the first game wow. um, that we started. So that's, that's a benefit to the fundraising partner that we have, which is really, you know, it's embarrassing to say, well, you made 40 bucks. Can you right. Make, Thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> How much was your gas? Um, well, here's $40 in the split from chuck-a-puck. Uh, so consistently, we've been able to bring more money in just by looking for little ways to innovate. But you listen, you consider, and then you say, well, can we try this? Right. And what we have as a first-year team is an amazing opportunity to test and learn. And then if it doesn't work, just say, wow, that was awful. Um, we're just not going to do that ever again. But at least we know. Or conditions might change, and we'll try it. Right. So if these things happen, it's worth you know, putting something out. Um, fans have told me in the last couple of weeks as we talked about um, season ticket packages. So last year it was just, you bought the season, you got to pick your seat, thanks for coming. 
but they didn't offer the sky deck. Well, some people would like a seat hmm. that's a little more comfortable um, and higher up. And so this year we'll have different packages. I think we have five different packages we've come up with. Nice. Some people can't hit Friday games. They can only make Saturday games. Great. Here's a package of Saturday games. Come when it works for you. And that's all from getting and listening to the feedback from the fans we have. Great. So what big things do you have in mind for next season? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. We're just going to... Um, no, I, I mean, <laughs> it's a top secret information. Yes, it is it's actually bit. just going to be nice to have an off season to sit and plan, right? Instead of just coming in when everything's already already started. Moving. Yeah, because in the midst of the yeah. season, I can't imagine you have any time to sit and you know brainstorm ideas or get them off the ground because you're focused on the season is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still do that, but yeah, it would yeah. be nice to have more time to right. do yeah. it. Or again, when we put out sponsorship packages for the Fort Meade piece. People said, you know, we need eight to nine weeks, so two weeks doesn't work for you. Right. Great, we won't do that again. There, that's the, we get it. Right. We'll listen, and we'll have a promotional calendar that'll be out far enough ahead that we can have people engage in that way. What yeah. interactions do you have with the players and the coaching staff? Um, well, I've, I've done some international work um, yes. <laughs> for one of our, so we've got some uh, players from away. Um, and one of our players, uh, Lucas, is from Sweden, and he realized he might have a visa issue. Oh, no. And luckily, he didn't tell me the day before he was going to have a visa <laughs> issue. Just two days before. No, I think it was about five weeks. So oh, we had okay. some time. So I said, okay, let me get in touch with Homeland Security and see what we can do. And so they put you on hold for a super long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do other things while you're waiting. <laughs> Uh, so it was finding the forms for him, seeing if we had to go somewhere. And I told him if we did have to go to an office, that I would go with him. Right. Uh, because you don't want, like, hey, 18, 19-year-old kid. In a foreign country. In a foreign country. <laughs> I'll, I'll map it. I'll, here's the Google map. Good luck. <laughs> and here are your times. Yep. So uh, we have those types of interactions with a couple of players who are now considering their options on college. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working with some of them on... Sometimes I have to call an admissions officer to see if they have the right things to be able to right. not have an issue. So that's been um, with some of the players. And, uh, you know, taking them out when they do these fundraising things. We were at the Glen Burnie rink uh, twice. So just going out and making sure they have what they need. Because uh, in some cases, you have to pay for them to be on the ice. Oh, well, wow. I'm not going to, yeah, Glen Burnie, what's up with that? <laughs> um, so, you know, I went ahead, and the fundraising partner said, we'll pay for them, but that's, you're raising money. Not, shouldn't, you, I shouldn't, shouldn't be, be the, way, the person yeah. who is, like, benefiting from your fundraising. Right. So, as an organization, we can do that, that sort of thing. We're negotiating a new bus contract uh, for transportation, so uh, working with, um, I mean, this is, when you ask what's going to happen for next year, that's part of it, having a better, more reliable bus transportation company, which we did not have this right. year. Uh, sending out, we we do all the hotel bookings. Uh, Christine works on it for all the away teams that are coming in. Oh, okay, wow. And so uh, we're going to do an RFP that's going out. Actually, the chamber's helping us with that, and uh, visit Annapolis because they know when you're sending out a blind RFP, which is a request for a proposal, it's kind of hard if it doesn't get to the right person. Right. So working again within the community to make sure that we're getting out to the right people, um, but that we've got um, when you're not competing for price especially in hotels you're going to get a higher rate than you right, are if right. you go out and can just have right. something done 
So all of that is happening. I think one of the things for next year that we're uh, working with a sponsor on is a video scoreboard. So wow. this would differentiate us from even Laurel or Bowie or Navy. Yeah, none or of the local of rinks have anything like that. When we play, we'll expect to be using a video <laughs> scoreboard. <laughs> not only will you be using <laughs> it. Can we, can we just make sure that maybe we're not recording it? Or? <laughs> Um, you have an option to I not can, uh, look at it. I can tell you won't have a um, you won't have a, a kiss cam. We won't do that because <laughs> there there's all kinds of right. hazards in doing it. But we do want to give you know part of our sponsor conversation is about everything that happens here, not just Team Maryland, which I'm also president of Team Maryland, and Christine also schedules uh, for their game days as well. So you're just a little bit busy. A little bit. Um, their season's over, which is great because it's yeah. not always the same day and the times right. are different. But we want to give the same experience to people who are part of that team. Right. We're kind of, this is how you can create some consistencies. But a video scoreboard for us, one, gives uh, Nelson's folks or the um, people who are here for figure skating the same opportunity to go ahead and put assets up. So you're, the kids that you coach can have their picture and their stats. Right. And that means something, oh right? Gosh, that they matters. Would, they would lose their minds. <laughs> right. They would. Be insane. <laughs> but it also makes this the place to come and do. And so when we have it for games, our adverti- the great thing is is that um, our advertisers can be different for the kids that are coming into skate than they are for our game day. Right. And different still for our adult leagues, which is just going to be beer. Just beer. Like that's all we're putting up there. You know your right. audience, and, yes. and that that and is your target, audience. And target, give give our sponsors the opportunity to target directly for who they want to reach, right. and so that they are part and parcel of what our messaging is, right. which is family friendly, safe, mm-hmm. entertaining, and um, local. So that's it. All fits into that, right? We we're not going to be so. Uh, our, our ad rates won't be, you know. I'm not going to say Super Bowl because that would be hysterical that someone would be willing. They could buy the building for a Super Bowl commercial. But uh, we can't put it in center ice because I'm told the ceiling is too low. People will hit it, so it will go back against the wall. Right. But it will still be, I think, a huge differentiator for anyone who comes here that oh, wants to have a cutout or a carve-out of their team or a team picture that goes up or messaging to the parents or whoever's right. in the stands. And we've got, you know, between the, the Archbishop Spalding, whose name I sometimes get wrong, but Spalding, um, or if Arundel plays here more next season, or the Metro, or any of any people who are here. The other thing is we're going to paint the seats, the colors that it says that you're buying a ticket in. So oh, that makes sense. there will be yellow seating and red seating and black seating. And again, that makes it, uh, that, that gives it a more authentic right. feel. For the people who are coming here, either as fans or as, as players. So uh, you've done a couple theme nights. So we had a military appreciation night not too long ago. Um, has there been any thought about trying to kind of match the theme nights that the NHL does? So just this past month, you know, so February was um, Black History Month, and mm-hmm. then um, you can play night. Yeah. So have you thought about kind of expanding your theme nights? Oh next yeah, season? I um, I come from minor league baseball where I had to do seventy theme nights. Oh, so wow. Uh, wow. yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah. There's um, we had some discussions um, earlier as well on different theme nights. Uh, once Robin and I came on board, and kind of the discussion was next year. Next Wait. year, um, we had a kind of a weird schedule this year too, where most of our road games were front-loaded into the schedule and right. just a ton of home games at the end. 
Um, so a lot of like different nights that we could have done that made sense didn't make sense because the team wasn't here. Right. So we'll have kind of more of a, a the ability to expand on theme nights because it'll make sense. I mean, it wouldn't have made sense to do, you know, something in April because we're not here. Yeah, right. Or something right. That yeah, it's a bad example, but I mean, we had to do our holiday theme super early in the year because they had no December home games. I think our last one was December wow. 1st. December 3rd. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so anything holiday-wise was December 1st um, because we didn't have the opportunity right. um, after that. So we'll have, we'll have better opportunities to expand on the theme nights and move things around and actually plan a schedule and not throw together something at the last minute right. like I had to do last week. <laughs> Something didn't go right, but that's a whole other topic. Uh, so, but it worked out well. I'm good. Um, yeah. So we also need to get a little bit more of an embrace from the capitals, which we haven't really uh, right gotten yet. They lost a lot of executives after they won the Stanley Cup. You actually went to the Golden Knights, which is kind of funny. Um, I will say but, Vegas is a lot of fun. The Golden Knights put on a really great show, so maybe their their <laughs> office know, operations are just you, as fun. If you work for George McPhee before. And, yeah. yeah. So we've talked on our podcast before about um, Fort DuPont specifically and how we mm-hmm. wish the Capitals were more involved in Fort DuPont and in supporting local rinks because they are the current cup winners. Mm-hmm. They're in the city. They're trying to grow the game and get more fan bases, and they're kind of completely ignoring... Well, local. They have their own youth program that they're, I think, probably is where they're focused. It's not very well developed. It's not very well developed. You never really hear mm-hmm. about it. And you think, too, like, you want to serve your community. You want people from the local suburbs to go down into D.C. And, you know, having one banner ad for, you know, the Scarlet Capitals or saying, oh, the sure. Caps used to practice here is, is not really cutting it, frankly. Right. Right. And when you look at what other teams are doing in terms of outreach, it's sort of not that great yeah. when the Capitals kind of, like, aren't doing as much as I they could. I think so. just buying other teams and other he's, sports. He's, yeah, right? he's other teams. Yeah. a Penguins fan, yeah. so she's just using this oh. as an opportunity to <laughs> trash talk. <laughs> it's, it's constructive criticism, okay? I'm trying to help them. They're, they should thank me. Um, no, I think, I think there is an opportunity to... Um, I know some of the folks uh, within their group mm-hmm. and some of the NBC sports folks, and part of it is we need to be ready, so I don't want to ever put billets or the right. teams or anyone, any of the players or the coaches in a position, that, and I'm not going to say where we can control it, but that there's agreement on what it is that right. we're going to get out. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we do have a lot of fans that do go to Caps games. There are a lot of people that wear their Caps gear when they come here. I didn't realize um, until I got back here that they had changed their logo to look like some kind of Polish eagle presence. Um, <laughs> so there's the Capitol building underneath yeah. the eagle, which oh, okay. I literally yeah. didn't realize until a couple months oh, ago wow. because I am really? that unobservant. So it's <laughs> oh, the Washington wow. Capitals. I'm like, all right, I guess it's an eagle because they're in D.C., whatever. And I was literally at a game, and I like, I guess I just saw a close-up of the logo. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, that's, that's the, the outline building, of the yeah. Capitol building forming the like the underside right. of the Right. It took me that long to realize Well, it. that's like the hidden yeah. Mickeys of Disney. Exactly. You look for all of them, <laughs> and that again <laughs> takes me back to that. But you shouldn't have to look that hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think over the, certainly in the off season, they somebody from the organization sent an intern candidate to us. Oh. Um, who I guess, for whatever reason, they um, didn't want to use. And, and I said, <laughs> Here's um, this person great. we don't yeah. want. You're right, welcome. Well, exactly. Let me hear more about why they didn't want you. No, I right. don't know what you do, or maybe they were full up in that. But... Uh, so he said somebody, he had called the Caps, and they 
told him to call me and I said well that who was that he said it was just someone in the office so <laughs> I just I guess I'll just call and say may I speak to someone in the office right, yeah. and, and see what they say but there you know I think to the extent that they want to be more involved what they do a lot of is street hockey so they are doing less around ice hockey because their whole summer outreach is not on ice it's right. all kind of a street hockey thing. and that makes so, sense sure to them uh, but you don't always get the same kids who participate right in one. I mean, one of the things that I was looking at the other day is, and talked to Nelson about, is how many of his kids go from baseball to what is it, or from hockey, is it to baseball, is it to lacrosse? So there are at that least also three tells kids on my U12 team who, you know, finished their hockey season yesterday and immediately go into baseball like, right. in the next couple of weeks. Right. So we've had some outreach from the lacrosse team that's called the... Bayhawks. Yeah. Bayhawks. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Apparently... Play close by, and they'd like to do something nice. collaborative, which is nice if it makes sense. Right. But if we're not talking, you know, I've seen a tremendous amount of research over the years of fans who like one sport, and their secondary sport is, and sometimes it's right where you think it's going to be. It depends on the market a little bit, right? In Pittsburgh, the Pens are over the the right. um, Pirates at this point, right? Just because of the success that they've had. Pirates so. have had it rough for a while. I guess they're, they're kind of on an upswing now. but That's what I hear, yeah. although I still have a little bit of a problem with the 79 World Series against the Orioles. So my, my, um, oh, my, you're an Orioles fan? I am an, an Orioles fan. It's so sad. Yeah. It's just, yeah my grudges go back I mean, a long time. You have to hold yeah. on to those grudges well, for forever. Brutal. Like the, the last last year, oh my. Yeah, it's, it's been terrible. <laughs> it's bad. Again, I've been out of the market for so long. I did go when Camden Yards opened. I went to a game there, and it felt very unauthentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who were coming weren't coming for the same reasons. Memorial Stadium, you just knew that the people that were there wanted to be there. Right. Um, it, it, it almost drew an entirely different demographic of people. Correct. Correct. Um, I mean, you used to park in people's driveways, you know, right. that you'd pay five bucks and they'd let you park in their driveway. We did that because we lived close enough to Pimlico that for Preakness, people actually were that far away that they would park wow. at our house. And um, we made a little money on that. Yeah. Um, they were walking a long time, but they did, <laughs> they did get out there. But uh, so, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're talking. We want to build the audience, certainly. Right. But you don't want to be so, like, cocky. Well, I would, and so I, I think, too, with the Capitals, I'd be interested to know if they see that street hockey audience as the same audience as you'd get for kids who are playing ice hockey. So don't know. But I'd like to explore it with them. So please, person in the office, if you're listening, give me a ring. <laughs> we'll make sure um, that they listen. Just call, call the arena, and they'll put you right there. Yeah. One of the reasons we really wanted to do this is because we wanted to hear about the experiences of women in a sports environment because um, it's definitely more of a male-dominated mm-hmm. field. Sure. Um, so it would just be interesting to hear what your experiences have been so far in that regard and how you've navigated that and whether there have been any obstacles or difficulties that you've encountered over the, along the way. No, um, I think uh, in this organization, uh, people have been very receptive, um, uh, but I think that probably goes because I know junior hockey, I know the sport, I'm knowledgeable, I'm not, um, my background is in sports marketing and, and execution game day operations and stuff, so I've done it for a while. Um, so here, no, I didn't, I didn't feel that at all, um, even at the the minor league baseball team I worked for, the uh, GM was a woman. 
So I've, I've worked with women in the industry that are already, you know, been successful. So right. I haven't seen it. Um, I know when I first wanted to break into the industry right out of college, and I won't mention the year, uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was more complicated, more difficult, because it, right. it wasn't accepted. Um, but this day and age, I mean, it's still, there's still less of us, but there's definitely more women. I think it's changing. It's changing, yeah. And I haven't personally experienced any issues. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what the talent pool Murray looked at when he was looking. Um, I've worked in sports for a long time. Right. When I was at Maryland and I was covering high school basketball, and Len Bias was in high school nearby. Um, I know, that's a, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Can't, can't. Yeah. Don't have enough time to get into that. I know, but um, <laughs> that was harder because I was the only woman right. who was covering that team. Uh, it was also difficult because I am height challenged. So for a lot of things, even at ESPN, I wear heels every day because Oof. if not, you you look like you're just standing in a hole pretty much all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's easy to literally overlook you because right. you are not in, you know, kind of line of sight, especially in a large group of men. And the, the staffing at ESPN is similar to the audience, which is 70% male, 30% female. I would not say that in that environment you had to work harder. You had to open your mouth. There was nobody, you know, you didn't raise your hand to wait to be called on. It was more of a cattle auction sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you had to come and have your homework done, have your numbers lined up, and know exactly what you were talking about. Because if not, it would take about 30 seconds, which felt a lot longer than 30 seconds for someone to tell you why it was stupid. Do you think it was that, I guess, were the standards the same for, for women in that option or in that in that time then, or did, did the men have to be as on point? I think that there was an expectation that the men would be on point, but would not have to have, to have to kind of it, all maybe. of their stuff, you know, to be able to demonstrate the why. Right. Although I would tell you too that there was a meeting I was in one time, and it's probably my favorite moment there, where we were, they were, were thinking about pulling the plug on something. And people were pointing fingers and saying why, and, and so the gentleman I worked for, Trog Keller, um, talked about you have to be um, you have to have a point of view and that point of view needs to matter and so I made a suggestion and one of the things that could still happen at ESPN that I think we benefit from here as well is you could think of something and it was on the air in two weeks now there are a lot of big companies where that will never happen right. they made up they wound up making a tremendous amount of money off of one idea that I am still waiting for some residual on, which is <laughs> why I have the licensing name for Zam Bandy, like trademarked <laughs> under me, which Colin will tell you every time I say it, I say trademark me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the what I learned there, and I think what we, what we really kind of embrace here is if you think of something, let's try it. Let's put it out. Let's say what right. we expect the results to be. I mean, you can't just be like flinging stuff out. Although I guess if we do technically fling things out, we do to the throw crowd. a lot of we do. There's a lot, a lot of flinging around. <laughs> there is much flinging, uh, but you, you it's considered flinging. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. We thought it out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it is planned flinging. There we go. Yeah. Right. And so when we have fans that bring things up, we're pretty ready, I think, to be able to say that is so smart, and we're probably three years out from that. Right. Right. So uh, because we've done the homework already, right. we've learned 
what other teams have done. And none of the teams, I don't think, are really in or between major markets. Right. You know, they are all, um, the Johnstown team is in a part of Pennsylvania where there is nothing else to do. Right. Um, except leave and move somewhere else. <laughs> and I say that because they've told me that. Oh. So um, their fan base is a lot, you know, everybody has the advantage of, of being around longer than we have. I think the expansion or the team that came into being before us, it's been like three years, right? The main team next year in Lewiston, Maine, the Nordiques. Mm -hmm. I said they're in like Canada, Maine. I think that's where their mailing address is. <laughs> um, you know, they'll be new, but they also have <clears throat> more of a consistent base. Winning the Stanley Cup for one year does not make any right. down a hockey down. And so what we've tried to talk to the ownership about is we may, people may become hockey fans, but it's because we've brought them in and right. given them a great experience that they'll come back for and learn more. Right. Now, we might want over the off-season to do some intro to hockey that you guys could come in and be the instructors for mm -hmm. and tell up. people, like, I'll just still sit in this chair <laughs> and you can, t you know, because I know a nickelback from a halfback, but I, you know, the defense and forwards, I know what the goalie does. Well, right, no, I mean, that <laughs> honestly makes a big difference because when I first started watching hockey a couple years ago, I knew absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd mm -hmm. see people winging pucks around the boards or, you know, sometimes it hits fine and sometimes it's not. I mean, I had no clue what was happening. Right. You know, and once I started to actually figure out what the rules were and, like, how you actually played the game, I got so much more into it. Right. Yeah, but like you were saying before about, you know, talking about fantasy football, um, it's it's hard to find people to learn that sort of things from right. because you know if you if you ask somebody who is an expert in hockey they're going to go either too deep into the weeds and completely overwhelm you or they're going to you know kind of think you're a moron for having to ask so i think it'd be great to have sort of that you know so considered an hockey, invitation hockey and for dummies yeah. <laughs> or hockey for newbies right right, right? Who may or also be dummies, but we're not going to be judging. Right. Look, I, I say that I was a giant hockey dummy. I'm not that far removed from being a hockey dummy. So, I mean, it's it's a term of endearment. Yes. So. I had to learn all the penalties and know what the hand signals were for the referees because I didn't know what my kid was being called for. Right. Well, no, even <laughs> just this last season, you know, when, when my, yeah. my team were playing games, or there'd be a couple calls where the kids would look at me like, Coach Mary, what was that what, call what did for? I do? And I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What was the signaling game? Google yeah, that yeah, really yeah. quick. You can't do that. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, well, something wrong. I don't know. I you didn't did something. I don't know I what didn't... you did, but don't do it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so. so one thing we also focus on um, in our podcast is professional women's hockey. And mm -hmm. definitely the viewership for that is not nearly it's as not widespread great. as NHL. Great. Like there's sure. not a team around here. And so I think part of the challenge for them has been getting people interested. So so how, given your marketing expertise, how do you actually get people interested in, in watching women's professional hockey or, or women's professional sports in general? I'm not sure if you had experience with mm -hmm. that when you were um, in your in your past careers. Yeah. Uh, the part of it, so you look at a program like UConn's women's basketball, mm -hmm. which is a generational phenomenon oh, it's massive. of it the best women who come and they play. They don't play on campus. They don't play in... in at UConn. They I, play I don't think I knew that. They yeah. play at Mohegan oh. Sun. Wow. So when you look at how do you get people to pay attention to something, put lots of slot machines around it, <laughs> and then offer people, you know, tickets that are well-priced, and they will come. So there are certain programs where either you have a coach who has a following. A lot of it is about that evangelism I talked about, right? right? You can't expect people who don't know anything about anything to suddenly say, we're going to support 
So if you have that group of evangelists who go out and bring people into something, they're more likely to come and watch it. There are a lot of men's sports, Title IX changed a lot, right? But there are a lot of men's sports where people don't, their, their fanhood is limited. Right. Um, my daughter was into fencing for about a week and a half. And, um, once the Hopefully coach it wasn't said, too expensive. Oh, it was totally expensive. Uh, but once the coach said she was good defensively, and I was like, so she will never win. She didn't like the, right, the, the jabby part. Yeah, like the stabby, stabby. I would totally be into I don't understand. That was my yeah. favorite part. Yeah. yeah. I was, but you mean I, I can stab people I mean, and not get arrested good, It's a good life it? skill to like not get stabbed. Right. Though, right. So probably more practical in the long Correct. run. Correct. She wasn't yeah. using a saber. She, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so, but you, you always start with the people who have some connection to the people, right? So, and then you want to make the experience around the, it can't just be about the game. Nothing is about just the game anymore. Right. I mean, you look at any team who has great attendance regardless of how they play. Um, the Redskins, so Colin does some work with the Redskins, so they're a good local example. So there was a time where the waiting list to get season tickets for the Redskins was ridiculous you just couldn't have it and now they keep pushing out you know they're looking for account executives to to sell tickets or you went to the game that had the eagles and it yeah. was like a green stadium yeah. right and that wow. happens with the orioles too they'll play the yankees oh. they can't get tickets in the bronx so they all get on the train or in a right, bus come down and they come down and they all wear their colors they are not embarrassed at all right. to wear <laughs> nope. whoever they are. i've never been an embarrassed yankees fan right oh never <laughs> yeah, it's never. the good elaine yeah, version of seinfeld where she was putting the orioles cap on right <laughs> no, at the I stadium. That. so so you create an experience around it and i think in one of the areas that if Dan Snyder called me and asked for help, I would say that FedEx Field does not feel like anything. You should call him. All right. Just call, Somebody call him. Somebody just, <laughs> just, just we'll dial him up. Send yeah, me his him. number. It, yeah. it has no, you have no sense of place there. RFK, for whatever it was, like it felt like that stadium was bouncing across. Because well, it literally was. It was. <laughs> it, was moving, it was moving off. Thank you, Colin. It was, it was moving off it's the foundation. It's looking really rough now. I drive by it on my way to work all the time, right. and it's, it's like, it, it's, it's really, little, yeah. 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 So it needs some help. <laughs> um, but but it felt like you were somewhere. And FedEx Field, I mean, the, the sidelines, you have so little space to walk behind the yellow line, so there's a mm. yellow tape that goes, and people who are not playing can't go past the yellow tape. You're kind of scrunched up, and so it's, it doesn't feel good, right? Even when they redid the Meadowlands, so at MetLife, some, you know, half the time the stadium is blue and half of the time it's green, and it has a very different vibe when it's a giant stadium, New York football giants, than it does for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Really? It's a different place, but it's the same place. So what I would tell any team, and this is how we, we look to reflect on ours as well, whether it's women playing or men, you find your evangelist to get the word out, and then you show them a good time. Right, so whether it's the flinging of things or a mascot that's a little <laughs> saucy, plant flinging, right? Right. Well, and and even the other night we had the Washington Blind Hockey Club, and we had the discussion: don't fling in this section because you need to hand them to right, people right. because then they'll still get the great experience, but not be hit in the head by right. a flying that object that they great. won't be able to see. That would be that as would we be used to say very, suboptimal. Very yeah. suboptimal. <laughs> it would be suboptimal. Yeah, like blind people go to Black Bears game and get hit in the face. Right. Like, That's a bad story. That's yeah. not where you open no, the conversation no, today. So it's know your audience, right? So if we've got people who are sight impaired, let's not do this. Right. Right. We had one guy at ESPN was hearing impaired, and I made the mistake one year when the new, like, 
um, Bose headsets came out that were noise canceling. Well, that really didn't work for him. So good learning for me that you have to really look at everybody who you're distributing to. So we know the people who are here. We have a basic idea. We want to grow it. want to expand it. We actually have, you know, some of our police officers that come to work the game now bring their families with them, which is nice. Uh, sometimes nice they shouldn't be standing next to them while they're actually supposed to be working but but the other officer did buy tickets for his family so he could work and the family could watch and that expands your reach all that much right what we did with with guns and hoses we had like three weeks after. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yes. Didn't invent it, but yeah. it's a great uh, way to yeah. say it. Yeah, I wish you could take credit for that. Um, <laughs> no, but we used it, so we'll take yep. credit yeah. for yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you were smart enough to use it. That's good. So just doing that for like the next three weekends in January, we had, I mean, EMTs came in like in, and I thought someone was injured oh, yeah. or hurt. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> you guys. Hey. We what? We well, they just wanted to come back, and they were off their shift, and there was, you know, an ambulance outside. Right. And I was like, all right, well, this is a good thing. Okay. Yeah, so we've had we've had enough adults in our league have heart attacks over the past year that yeah. you're seeing a bunch of EMTs in uniform come storming into the oh, building. Would not have been. Anytime I see them, it's just never, not usually <laughs> yeah. like a, hey, this is a good thing. But in yeah. this case, it was. Well, so, nice. so when you can do things Again, the fundraising helps us bring new people in. So that's the advice that I would give to anybody who's looking, you alone or you alone and this team, just because, you know, men who like um, NCAA basketball, the men's game will tell you all these different reasons that they don't like the women's game, but no one's ever invited them into the women's game because they say they don't like it. That's what marketing is, an invitation. Make an invitation, have something there that will be meaningful for them and then you stand probably a 30% chance they might come back but it has to be about the, the mission statement at ESPN was to serve the fan anywhere, anytime, anywhere it was shortened from a very longer one but I live that, you serve the fan you give the fan the experience that they expect and then think about how you can make it that much better that much sweeter um, one thing we wanted to also ask about is for women who are trying to start careers in sports, what advice would you give them? Um, network, 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 <laughs> and network some more. Um, there, I belong to a local group called uh, Women in Sports and Entertainment. They have chapters all over the country. Um, so it's all women in sports and entertainment and they do mentoring and roundtable discussions and bring in people, and it's, it's a very cool organization. Um, just, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you can't come across as, you know, oh, I'm a big fan, I would love to work in sports, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's not what this is about. It's, yeah, I'm a fan, but I also want to, you know, again, serve the fan. This is what it's all about. It's about the experience, creating the experience. So, um, yes, you need to underst- um, you know, understand a little bit about the sport, but again, you know, like Robin said, she didn't know anything about hockey until she came in. Right. That experience wasn't necessary um, to do what she needed to do and to accomplish what she needed to accomplish. Now, my job, it helped. Um, but, again, it's not always necessary to be a fan. Um, but that's um, yeah, yeah. Just you have to. I think you know, going back to the having you know any issues as being a woman. I think you have to have the right personality um, to be in this industry as well. I think if you're a little bit on the timid, you know, 
quiet side, this isn't probably a good fit for maybe you. Maybe in accounting. Maybe, yeah, maybe in yeah, there you I are. think there's <laughs> probably a place for everyone. I think yeah. so much of it goes into timing. Um, when jobs are available, they're available. There are very few places that will say, oh my God, you are amazing and incredible and we're going to create a position right. for you. It just doesn't happen. So part of it to me is a little bit, I have, uh, we had an intern at ESPN that I had in 2008 and everybody in our group had a nickname. My nickname was Biggie Smalls because I was small <laughs> but came up with big ideas. Had you, no idea there was a rapper. <laughs> did not know that. Uh, but everyone was given a nickname, and when we got his resume, uh, my assistant, Dan Castro, had said uh, he worked for an ice cream parlor, so we named him Sprinkles before we saw him. And he That's was amazing. about 6'5". That's and, even more amazing. Uh, 230. I mean, just, but he went with Sprinkles. I mean, he. so that's part of it. Go with it, right? Don't try to change a culture that exists. Find the culture that's right for you. I would tell that for anybody looking for a job. Find a culture of, an, of a business or an industry that that complements you because not all of them do. Right. Uh, not everybody wants to work a Friday and Saturday night for like 12 weekends seemingly in a row. Um, Has it only been 12? No. <laughs> it's something, it feels about yeah. 30. Um, you know, my, my manicurist like put me on a milk carton because she hasn't found me in weeks. So, you know, you have to be able to want to give up time, but that's right. the culture of what we do here and it's not the culture of everything. So that's part of it. And come with something that is going to help the organization. The doing your homework part of it, I can't tell you how you guys did it before you came in here. I always think LinkedIn, I don't do Twitter because I don't like to feel like I'm being followed. It's just <laughs> not. It's, oh, a, it's a little about it that way. It's a yeah. little stalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we sit here yeah. and, and you know, like get really excited people. about there are even more people following us. <laughs> right. It's a little creepy, actually. Yeah, now that you put it that way. <laughs> no, I but it's know. good for you. It's good for you. But for me, it's just like, you know, why would you? I don't really see any reason. I don't have anything that I can consistently say that and if I do it's on Facebook because I know the people there right. and I can pick and choose them. Um, so so that's part of it but but if you do your homework and you say you know I think that I have a skill or I have an idea that can be something that can help the organization come with that and at least you can be part of the conversation. It may be a freelance opportunity. So if you're looking for a full-time job right out of the gate, that might not exist. The timing may not be right for it, but if you come in and you do some work, either paid or unpaid, and for us it's unpaid is always better, but if you have the kind of idea that we can monetize in some way, because this is a business, right. and I've said that to people who don't get it. Christine talks about if you're a fan of something, if you're a fan of something, you do not understand the economics of what you're a fan of, because you're a fan. You don't have to. We don't ask you to understand how much it costs to do a bus trip. Or, you have a lot less fans. Right. <laughs> right. You don't, well, I have the one guy from the bus company. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to come in understanding from what you can find out from whatever sources you have, or you've come to the games and you've seen things and you thought, you know what, that was great. Continuous improvement for us is everything. We can sell, look, I can pat myself on the back, both hands. Tell me what you thought worked and how you think we can make it that much better, but base it on something. Right. Um, and if you can do that, then I think it makes it much easier, you know, to be able to get in with someone. Mm -hmm. Stalking bad, don't wait outside of somebody's <laughs> door or outside the arena by their car because that's probably not going to do it. It's a little it. creepy. Yeah. Um, but I, we'll but, leave that to Gritty. Right. Yes. yes. But yes. I think to the networking part of it, if you can find somebody who's already on the inside, and is willing. After a while, it's like the people that say, can you give us tickets? We're doing a basket to raise money. 
and you can't do it for everyone. Right. But people who are already involved in the organization in some way, they buy tickets, we see them at games, their kid is in with Metro, or they do free skate or something, I'm much more willing to say okay than just, you can't say okay to everyone. Right. So there has to be the woof a minute, the what's in it for me somewhere. And for us, people who can work to help us get better, some, the kid that the, the caps in over is an analytical guy, and he does some, Yes, some analytics, sports analytics website. Don't know if it's good. It's obviously not been featured in Moneyball. To see <laughs> um, but that's that's a skill that we don't have in house right now. So that's something that then is okay. Well, you can do that. I really am looking for somebody who does this, but you can do that. So let's move you over to the coaches and see if they want to work. With right. You. Um, that's easy. But if you're just walking in off the street and think you know everything, the one thing I know is that I do not know everything. Um, and there's a pretty strong possibility I never will. Right. So I think we're running out of time, but I have um, two Seattle-related questions oh, to ask because oh. you're, that's your part Seattle. of the Seattle <laughs> expert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I mean, I, no, I actually got some popcorn well, today. Well, so. oh, no, I'm going to ask you first because I saw online that you were you did some interview with Richard Sherman, and I think he's such a character, and so yes. I just wanted to know I just wanted to know about that a little bit. I, I will <laughs> send you the it's picture. And and I will send you the picture of he and his brothers. So a lot of the players that you get to meet at things like the Super Bowl, and that's where I met him, uh, a lot of the, the people you get to meet in those situations when they're young, so he was in his rookie season, and they still have the excitement. They haven't been um, embittered. Not, they're not jaded by no, it? No, or embittered sometimes by just talking to anybody. Uh, and so he still had a tremendous amount of enthusiasm, and he had one. <laughs> he his brother that. was the only one traveling with him. And so what I would do, so I was the mistress of the green room for a long time. We came up uh, with a, an opportunity for Subway, Eat Fresh, to uh, <laughs> basically at our big events, we would have a trailer and we would, you know, kind of spoof up the trailer with different things. And, and we had cameras. And so during the bumps, so you, we're going to commercial, but next we're going to talk to Richard Sherman. And we'd be like, all right, wave to the camera. It's right there. And he'd wave. But you had to sit there with them until those those spots hit. So... I was that person because I'm also very good, and not a lot of people are, at telling people you cannot come in, and there's a tent over there, and I don't care who you are, Kurt Warner, and you're 47 hangers on. <laughs> Two of you can come in, and the rest of you have to go to the tent that's over there, and you can watch it. A lot of people, I do that here with people who sit in the wrong section. And, and one of them said, well, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. Great, sit in the seat that you have. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's a hard message. But you have to have some kind of integrity right. for things. So when I met Richard and his brother, um, he was still very um, kind of new to everything. It was, his, it was still his first, right? And so uh, we talked about the same thing I would talk to most athletes about because it was safe for them. Cars, travel and traveling on the road when you're playing and the difference, what cities do you like and what don't you like. Right. And then sometimes music, but a lot of them, you know, are have different tastes <laughs> in music. Um, none of them are picking show tunes that we can do <laughs> duet with. So um, that's what he and I talked about. We talked about being new in the league, and, and he was very open. And now not really so much, again, because as they get older, they get more hangers on and have more people yesing them to confirm what they think about them. Right. And then the injuries start. I mean, um, I've told these guys about, you know, when Ditka, Mike Ditka would be on, and for whatever reason, stupidly, I was made a spotter behind him because his knees were so bad. Oh. So, you know, we talk about our players too. Um, our coach, 
will say, you know, I'll play them hurt but not injured. So, you know, there's a lot of just kind of suck it up but it also affects the attitude right. that you have about the game. So that was my my beautiful moment with Richard Sherman. Outside of being like on the 20 yard line at the Super Bowl in uh, Phoenix, when just being right in that spot where you could see um, where uh, Seattle was picked off, and just seeing him literally crying in the middle of the field. Oh, oh that was a tough oh. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and now on Christine, <laughs> and as she's as she's crying and has her hands over her. Sorry, I had a I had a working relationship with a crap group and nothing about right. So I just I just want to say that this is hilarious because system. Leah likes to pick at me about things that I don't want to think about lately. So I. <laughs> I still, like I still want to throw experience. up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're making you nauseous. Not good. Um, That's all right. No, I, no it's okay. Well, okay. So um, the NHL is expanding to yes. Seattle. So um, are, are you excited about the Very the excited. Team? Very excited. Um, I hope they don't pick the name Kraken. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> is that actually oh, that on the table? It, well, it's one of the ones that are rumored that they oh, no. oh, that is horrible. That's horrible. Oh, that's so bad. Um, but you get to say release the Kraken and that's uh, no. I guess. I it, no, it, so it doesn't gonna, make any would it be sense like a at all. Would it be a pirate-themed stadium uh, then? What's that? Would it be a pirate-themed stadium no, then? No, Key, uh, Key Arena is, um, it was built for the 62 World's Fair, and the outside of it has not changed at oh, all. It still retro. looks the same, yeah, as it did back then. It's just the inside is the part that they, they keep digging down into it to make <laughs> more seats. Okay. Um, so, so that's... we'll be filled with water at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, we're cracking. already at sea level, so, cracking. you know, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's already at sea level. So, um, and of course, there's talk about Seattle Metropolitans, because I'm sure you know the history. That was the team that first won mm-hmm. the very first Stanley Cup was Seattle. Go figure, right? Um, Ever? Um, yeah. Yeah. I actually did not know that. You didn't know that? I yeah. Know. First, very first Stanley Cup was awarded to the Seattle Metropolitans. I don't remember who they played to win it, but... Anyway, that's much better than the Kraken. <laughs> well, so much better. Yeah, than the but it, of course you got the Metropolitan Division already in the NHL. It's, it's true. Just a little yeah. bit of confusion, but mm. no. My my vote, if anybody's listening, is Grinders. Grinders is good. Coffee. Gr- coffee. It's got the coffee oh, connotation. I like that. And hard work. And the grinding. You know, grind line and hockey. The whole yeah. thing. So I know that's me. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> As a hockey player. I don't want to call yeah. them the Seattle Windows. When, 10. Windows Ten. No. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be good either. Um, I mean, we've always had a, um, when I was younger, we had minor league teams, and then I don't know at what point the Seattle Thunderbirds came into existence with the WHL, because they had already been established by the time I became a fan. Um, So we've always had junior hockey there, Um, and then the Thunderbirds actually moved out of Key Arena and moved to a smaller arena, community arena, that was actually right where I lived, so I could almost walk to games. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and, of course, my son grew up watching the Thunderbirds. That was his exposure. So um, I'm very excited. Yes, it's going to be tough because now I finally – I was a Canucks fan because mm. that was the closest team. Right. I moved here in 2011, got to embrace the Capitals, oh, and now I have my own You might have to. Like, well, so so here's, yeah, so here, here's my rule. I, I have my National League team with the, the Nats, and I have my American League team with the Mariners. So – they're, uh, if they're, as long as they're in different divisions, I think I that's can, true. Yeah, I can yeah, split my loyalties. True. and You don't have to really worry about it until the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> no, I, and there was talk, was it a few years ago, Sports Illustrated predicted uh, it would be a Nats Mariners World Series. I'm like, oh, please, no. So that actually <laughs> happened to me. The, the first two years I followed hockey um, was during the 
15, 16 playoffs, and then the 16, 17 playoffs. And so yeah. I, I didn't know anything, so I just randomly picked a team from each conference. I picked sure. the Penguins and the Sharks to follow. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I love the Sharks. They're great. And then they ended up being in the final together, and so now mm-hmm. I don't like the Sharks. And then the next year, um, I picked the Predators. Mm. As my other team to follow, and then because the sharks were dead to you. Because the sharks were dead to me. Right. Then. Sharks right. are dead to you. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, my family's all from the south. The Preds are from Nashville. Sure. Like, of course, I'm going to root for them. That's great. And then they both ended up in the final. And now I hate the Predators. So it, it, yeah. But um, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. This no. was great. Thanks yeah, and it's been really informative to hear about what actually goes into running a hockey organization and what the main concerns are. So, um, yeah. thank you so much. Absolutely. You bet. Come back anytime. We'll see it again. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, please.